There's a lot of loneliness that goes on because there's that, um, that, there's that judgment that happens because of one's age or you know, who they are, et cetera. We see that across the board, you know, just with it just humans, unfortunately not being humans. Yeah. Um, so from the perspective with seniors, it's you know, like, how do you outreach? How do you get them more involved? Welcome to Conversations in Care, a special series of the next big thing in health where we come together to have honest and heartfelt conversations about the defining issues in healthcare. I'm your host, Robert Trainum, Executive Vice President here at AHIP. If you'd like to watch the video episode of our discussion, head to YouTube and search for AHIP coverage or check the show notes for links. Come on in. I'm here with Dawn Maroney, President of Markets at Alignment Health and CEO of Alignment Health Plan, and Hakan Cardis, Chief Technology and Experience Officer of Alignment Health. Together, We'll explore the unique healthcare needs of seniors and how the evolving coverage and technology landscape can be improved to better serve that population. Hello, welcome, it's so good to see you. I love starting these conversations first and foremost with an icebreaker. Favorite movie, a movie that has some profound interest for you, something that you know you still remember to this day, it could be something from 30 years ago, or maybe three days ago? I'll start with you, Dawn. Well, my favorite movie is uh, Gone with the Wind. Of course, that's a classic. Yeah, so much that I uh, just named my car Scarlett O'Hara, because I got a red car, and so I've decided to, to name, <laughs> name it Scar the car. Something Scarlet. tells me you're not the only one. Something tells me, and that, and that Scarlett, your car, is probably not the only car out there named Scarlett. Could be, right? I, I, come yeah, on, I mean, it's, it's got a little personality, a little something, I got it, I got yeah. it. Yeah, for me, it's um, one of the movies that I, actually, it's a show on Netflix okay. that I saw recently. It's The Club. It the Club. Yeah. It talks about 40, 50 years ago, Turkey, some of the things that nice. have been going there. Yeah. I want to go back for a second. Hokan, I'll start with you. Why, why does that speak to you, that, that series or that movie? Uh, I like real life uh, stories, uh -huh. just what people have gone through, how they dealt with it. So. Uh, there have been a lot of really good personal stories there. Yeah, something you can relate to? Yes. Yeah. Dawn, I want to go back. Uh, in Scarlet, why is that movie so profound for you? So the movie brings a lot of memories. So as a child, uh, we used to watch it every year, and it's just um, a lot of history, and it's just one of my mother's favorite uh, movies and just became mine as well. The reason why I bring up the, uh, the icebreaker, because it's a very nice, I, I look at life almost like an onion, where there's different layers, and usually a book or a movie or a childhood experience really does inspire um, you for the work that you do um, when you grow up, if you will. So fast forward to now, you both are co-workers, you both are doing some impactful work. Walk me through your roles. Dawn, let me start with you. So I run our markets for our organization as the president for the company, and I also am the CEO of the health plan, and uh, primarily responsible for just a number of things within the company, uh, but anything that represents the health plan is my accountability. Uh, been doing this for quite some time. Uh, love the senior market. It's just a passion that I have. Uh, my grandparents died at a you know, young age. So mm. I always wanted that um, opportunity to work with older adults. And uh, now I'm getting to that point myself. So I'll be working with myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm Chief Technology and Experience Officer 
I'm mainly responsible for data technology, AI themes, as well as our customer service, uh, Medicare stars, uh, quality themes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm going to be a little bit of, uh, of a make a controversial statement, um, although I don't believe the statement that I'm going to make, and that is, is that seniors in technology are like oil and vinegar. I think that used to be the case. I think that used to be kind of the stigma, if you will. But if you fast forward to today, you know, most seniors, uh, first of all, they're younger seniors, if you will, because they're obviously they're living longer, but they've kind of grown up with technology in many ways, very proficient with a smart device or what have you on Instagram and other social media. But uh, why is this still a stigma? Assuming that I'm right with this, with this presidential statement that I just made. You know, it's interesting because it, it, you know, and I think it's the fastest growing population in this segment. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of seniors have iPads, a lot of people you text. Um, I mean, there are, of course, courses that we will do as an organization to educate to how do you, you know, communicate with your grandchild, uh, among other things. And it is uh, the continuous uh, feedback. Well, well, seniors are probably not on text or they're not on a computer. And um, it really is. Seniors today are very different than they were 20 years ago, and so we've got to grow up uh, yeah. in, into that uh, phase. That is it fair to say that the grandparents of yesterday are not the grandparents of today? I mean, that's how I would phrase it. Um, in many ways, to your point and my earlier point, seniors are pretty with it. I mean, they understand technology. Now, having said that, technology is is, is changing so quickly. I think the question is 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 how quickly seniors are catching up. Yeah, I think for that, it's mainly us changing as well and our perceptions. Yeah. At the end of the day, for me, it is just, we cannot just enforce somebody to use a technology. They should get some value out of it. Just there should be a win-win situation, especially when we look at even senior care. Okay, we would like them to use technology, but what are they going to get out of it? Just how are we going to make it much easier for them? Many times, okay, we are thinking seniors are difficult or they really but when we spend the time when we show them for example during COVID time what we did we sent many seniors cell phones or iPads to be able to do virtual visits maybe first a couple visits they required some assistance they needed some help but after a while yeah they know how to do it they, they love it I think just it is mainly there are things we can do as well to make it easier for them Actually, that is what we are trying to do. Uh, let's, at let, alignment. let's expand on that a little bit, Hakan. Are you? Are, would you make the argument that that was impactful for you to see, my words, not yours, the transformational change that seniors made during COVID, with with technology? Absolutely, it forced everybody. I think it forced seniors to seek different ways, but it it forced us as well to do something for seniors, just to go above and beyond to push our boundaries. I think it forced everybody. And how did that make you feel? It made me feel great. Yeah. <laughs> Dawn? I love the question and I love the conversation. Uh, it's just, it's, it's interesting. So COVID actually, it changed more of, I think the industry than it did the consumer directly. Um, you know, we would institute town hall meetings cause we were prioritizing, you know, the highest risk, uh, um, member that we can identify through our technology on how we can get food to them, how we can get um, even something as simple as a mask. I mean, and at that point in time, a mask really wasn't uh, simple. It was very hard to get, yeah. so we had masks made. But we would uh, conduct virtual town hall meetings um, to talk and ask and have uh, question and answer sessions with clinicians, et cetera. And we would have 11,000 seniors participate. 
and they were really ahead of um, what they believe could help than even some of the clinicians we were inviting to that conversation. Uh, but you know that technology became very, it was more for us sure. than it was for them. And the other piece too is, you know, when you think about technology, it's really kind of behind the scenes. It's like, get to know me better. How do you know me as an individual? Um, we can be more proactive in those conversations with our consumers, just in general, whether senior or non-senior. And so the technology is pretty powerful uh, when you think about utilizing it in the right way. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think we all have about seniors, and how do you think we should address that? Yeah, great question. I think sometimes, for example, we feel like I hear this a lot, or it might be a user error. For example, we have misconceptions about or seniors are not really able to uh, use the technology well. But in reality, when we look at, did we design the technology for them? Did we make it easy to use for them? Did we uh, create a just user guides or did we train them? I think we have some gaps there. But really, at the end of the day, when we show them, we are there to try to help them. And if we are able to get their feedback in a constructive manner, I think it will make it better for everybody. It helps us to make our products better, and it helps seniors to get uh, what they need from us. Don, your point of view on this? Well, I just, you know, I think when you think of somebody that's older, they've been through life. Yeah. And they've actually have, um, the, you know, so much to teach all of us. That's right. Um, although I'm getting close again to that senior stage. But, Let's be you know, clear. Let's be clear. You're probably maybe pushing 40, okay? No, thank you. You're pushing thank 40. You. Uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying to reverse that age. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really is, um, you know, I've learned so much from people that are older, even when I was in my early 20s, and the wisdom and the experiences in life and the lessons learned. And some of that, I wish there was opportunity that I would have even listened more um, at that point in time because, because of that. So it's not that, you know, people are, you know, less, you know, experienced or, talented or in fact they're they're more um, and so because they have they've made it yeah and if you think about it a lot of people don't even make it to certain age yeah. groups right and they've made it in the you know they're living life yeah um, and they're just learning a different way right now the pieces that I see that you know which is which I will we want to do a lot more is there's a lot of loneliness that goes on mm. because there's that um, that there's that judgment that happens because of one's age or you know, who they are, et cetera. We see that across the board, you know, just with it, just humans, unfortunately not being humans. Yeah. Um, so from the perspective with seniors, it's you know, like, how do you outreach? How do you get them more involved? Yeah. Um, and so we do a lot of work through our technology to say, you know, are they living alone? Have you been outside? Or, you know, what do you do for your activities? How can we help? Or how do you create these uh, clubs to get them more involved and then teach our folks that are answering the phones, getting them more, we're forming a lot of different committees and we're inviting them. And it's just such a great experience yeah. to see, you know, former CIOs of banking industries or, you know, getting involved in committees. Now they're negotiating dollars at this point in time, <laughs> but, um, but they want to get involved and yeah. they want to, you know, help the younger generation, which is great. What I'm hearing Dawn say, Hakan, is like building community and, and, and that connectivity um, in many ways. Is that is that what you're hearing as well? Yes, exactly. So, there's some really, really impactful things that are happening. Dawn, let me turn to you to see if there's like a specific example that really does warm your heart. 
Well, most recently, um, so my mother has been in a skilled nursing facility because she had a fall and she actually loves the facility that she's in. However, every time I go and visit, um, you just, you see an environment just, that just is, needs so much improvement mm. and so much work. Um, so most recently asked the facility, can I bring my dog? I have a Sheepadoodle and I have a Westie and a mini pen. And so I brought the Sheepadoodle and the Westie in and I decided to go visit patients inside each of their rooms. And it just was such a beautiful experience to see uh, the happy, like the smiles, you know, cause people, yeah. you know, they didn't have visitors, but with the, that dog, you know, our dog coming in and just, you know, can I touch your dog? Like, please, please. And just, you know, almost even to a point of begging and just mm -hmm. the smile and just, thank you so much, including the staff. It was just such a beautiful experience. And it's just, you know, looking at that, I was thinking, gosh, we need to do more of that. How do we write letters specifically to all the patients that are sitting into our skilled nursing facilities that may not have a loved one that's visiting them or um, doing a visiting program? And, you know, because we know that the, the value of what we're seeing, that what's happening in these uh, skilled nursing facilities are not at the level that anyone would expect it should be for, you know, what's happening in that environment. So... I remember a few years ago, uh, Medicare Advantage was the small little baby um, that was a project in the, for the federal government, and it really was just kind of like this extra little thing. Fast forward to today, that baby is now a grown adult that is mature and really popular with seniors in terms of the choices, in terms of the flexibility, in terms of the cost. From your perspective, first of all, am I right? And also from your perspective, how are you seeing it on the ground? Well, since you said I'm 40, I think I started at seven. Um, I've been doing this about 33 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just evolved. But, you know, it's interesting, the likes and wants and needs of that consumer. It's, there's a lot of similarities. Um, however, it's evolved. And the more that we can talk about it and get the message out that it really is a, a fantastic program, uh, the more you'll see that growth. And that growth rate is exceptional. It's continuing to grow. Uh, I think a lot of us, when we think about the cost of healthcare today, you know, prior to that 65th birthday when you get Medicare, it is really um, a challenge when you look at the rates and you look at what the coverage is. So coverage, even though there's coverage that's available for the uninsured, that cost of healthcare is crazy when you think about it. And um, yeah. I talk to people too often, they'll say that they don't have that uh, coverage uh, as a result of it, um, and they're waiting till that 65th birthday. So a lot of people can't wait. Um, we, of course, are a growing industry, and so we're all trying to be as creative as possible in that journey, but um, seniors like it, and they're growing. Why do you think they like it? My earlier point around flexibility and choice, is it that or something else? You know, a lot of delivery systems are participating as a part of it, so the choice of the doctor, choice of um, benefit options, the competitiveness were related to the premium and the cost of care, yeah. um, co-insurances. Um, it's, it's the value is yeah. great. Um, you know, there still is a supplemental market, but MA is um, definitely outgrowing. Hakan, um, we reached 30 million people, and it's still growing, uh, seniors that have signed up for the program. From your perspective, what do you think is the sweet sauce or the secret sauce, if you will, about Medicare Advantage? I think being more consumer-centric and really taking care of senior, just the health insurance industry is evolving. Maybe. You gave the example maybe 20, 30 years ago. It was more like business transactions or an administrative function to administer the claim, manage the membership. But today when we look at it, Dan mm -hmm. mentioned about supplemental benefits or really 
just doing the full core care coordination for the member. Just uh, from a couple weeks ago, a story who a new member who recently joined to alignment. Yeah, prior to joining alignment, she she was having transportation issues to her dialysis appointment. Then she joined us. Uh, just I realized, okay, first a couple appointments. We does as well. Just the driver was canceling the appointment. Just then we reached out, we figured out it's a rural area, just not much transportation companies. We found actually a local company we contracted with and we took care of her. And uh, after a couple of weeks, she called me crying. She said, okay, for the first time, she was able to sleep with peace of mind, thinking next morning she will be able to make her appointment. Oh, wow. So as a health insurer, our only obligation is not keep paying the claim for a dialysis appointment, but making sure that really happens, really make it happen for different diverse population. I think that is where the real power comes from. 100%. With their innovation around all these benefits, make it more personal, really making sure every senior gets the care that they deserve, uh, not only from payment side, make sure it happens. I think that is uh, the real problem. You know, that's interesting. It kind of warms my heart in many ways because it's a real story mm. uh, around a real person. And, I, you know, folks that work with me have heard me say this a million times now, and that is it's a real deep relationship, a meaningful relationship. It's not just about, to your point, um, Hakan, around just paying the bill. It's about making sure that person's okay about getting to their dialysis appointment. And she was able to sleep that night. Yes. You know, that, so that's, that's a really powerful story. So thanks for sharing. Sure. Dawn, I want to talk for a few moments about the next chapter in Alignment Health. What does that look like from your perspective? You know, it's our goal to make sure that we um, grow beyond certain markets. So we're in six states today. Um, we'd like to go across the country. Um, if, you know, and, or enable other uh, payers to do what we do. Um, so, you know, as Hakan uh, said it so eloquently, we do more than just pay that claim. Yeah. We actually have a full uh, clinical model. We actually have clinicians that go to the home for home care for patients that are homebound or need uh, more, you know, special attention. So, uh, you know, the journey is to just spread the news um, to get the message about what we do to more seniors across the country. Um, I think when people hear about it and they enroll, then they, the experience, you know, is very rewarding, but it's getting that message out. Hakan, would you like to share anything on that note? Yeah, I think uh, just our mission is to dance point, right? We have built, I think, a unique high-touch, high-tech experience. And yeah, we would love to bring it to every senior in the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love to end on this question, and that is the next big thing in health is? Yeah, I think leveraging more and more AI. Uh, I think it's going to really help uh, reduce the burden on clinicians. They are still, unfortunately, spending a lot of time on documentations, on uh, different things, just uh, pulling data. We really would like them to focus on the patient, and I think AI is going to help us a lot. And even some other technologies with the telehealth, with other things, unfortunately for many specialists today, you might need to wait two months, three months just to get an appointment. So definitely I think there are so many things that we can see just to make that access to care. Uh, much better to yeah. technology. Thanks for sharing. Don? 
course, I love all these questions. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that the the next be, uh, big thing in health, there's so many things that I think about, but uh, I'm trying give to us, narrow give it to us, one. Give us two or three, okay. if you want. So the one would be is I really do believe that we're going to get to a place where we're going to uh, pay claims via through a credit card. Okay. So I think that um, to get real-time, immediate um, uh, payment as well as connection sure. and um uh, and, also and also flexibility, perhaps, for the patient. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why they put on their credit card. It could be for their points. It could be for whatever reason. Yeah. Correct. And, you know, and, and us even honoring, or organizations honoring that card specifically so that you can pay that the tracking and the mm -hmm. documentation around that can be, can't get any better than that. Um, you know, the, the other piece is, I, I think it's going to be around Part D, um, so for pharma. So there's, you know, um, there's a lot of discussions about, you know, you hear about it, Ozempic, Majorno, and others, you know, you know, some, when you see the demand in that space, or you see the demand in areas like whether it's uh, drugs and or chat GPT, it's like, how do you embrace that and um, make that a part of what your journey is? Yeah. Um, so there, we're already doing that with technology. We've been, we're, we've been ahead of it real time. So it's not a year old, it's like here and now for the technology piece. But the uh, piece specifically around the drugs, like how do you embrace that, but make sure that you have a, a true care or coordinated health program journey to support if people want to embrace those types of drugs for, you know, uh, weight management, et cetera. Because we have a lot of diabetics that are in our company and our plan. And so, and separate of that, but how do you um, embrace that to, um, to offer that to your seniors? To be determined. I look forward to having you back on um, sooner rather than later, where we can unpack this a little bit more, especially around AI. And then the question becomes the privacy guardrails around that, and, and how do we, as a society, feel about right. uh, some type of algorithm maybe making some decisions for us that a human um, used to make. But flip side to that, to your point around the human being free to make much more informed decisions that is more patient-centric. Exactly. To be determined. Yeah. Hakan and Don, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Thanks.